Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, COS supporters. Welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Wood. I will be your host for this episode. Unfortunately, Rita is not here with me today. Uh, she had a scheduling conflict, but she will be back with us next week. Uh, I want to know, though, what state are you tuning in from? It's important that you talk to us. Drop a comment below. While you're at it, um, send out a retweet, a share, a rumble. We need to get the word out about this secret weapon that the Founding Fathers gave to us. I'm talking about an Article 5 Convention of States. We need it. We need it right now. You, you can look around. You can see that our country is crumbling, that federal, the federal government has usurped our rights, and they're just uh, abusing their power. The only way to put them back in that constitutional box is by calling the very first Article 5 Convention of States. Speaking of which, last week, South the South Carolina legislature became the 19th state to call for an Article 5 Convention of States. We have 15 more states to go until we get to 34. We're going to be talking with some of those key players that made this a reality. We're going to have Representative Bill Taylor, who is our primary sponsor, join us. And we are also going to be joined by Christopher Neely, who is the State Director for Convention of States South Carolina. Before we get to this amazing interview, though, we have, of course, our Article 5 Trivia Giveaway question with COS Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. Mike, take it away. Thank you, Andrew. Boy, I'm glad to be here with you guys. It is certainly a celebratory week, and I know that this is going to be a great show because you'll have an opportunity to speak with a patriot and a whole bunch of discussion will be had about passing the COS legislation. And I'm excited to bring the COS trivia for a whole lot of reasons. One is because it'll be to celebrate one heck of a legislative season that we've had so far this year. So, but first, let me tell you a little bit about the Convention of States store. This is the, the week, the anniversary week of the COS store 3.0. In other words, this is the third uh, iteration of the Convention of States store. It's been going on for a year as of this week. There's a lot of cool stuff that's been going on. It's been the most popular that we've ever done. I'm wearing a mock-up or it's a, a sample of the polo shirts that are going to be coming in. As a matter of fact, this one right here is the one I'm going to give away. It's a large men's polo. It's a sample shirt. And I know they're not quite available in the store yet. So if you go to shopconventionofstates.com, you can get lots of apparel, but not quite the polo shirts yet. But if you answer our question right today, you can get a polo shirt. Hopefully you wear a size large. If not, maybe you just go to the store and get something you want. But in either case, I get to ask a question that hopefully a lot of you guys know. You've been watching each week. Maybe you've seen the celebrations. And of course, you know, last week, South Carolina became the 19th state legislature of all time to pass our Article 5 application. It's so important to know that we have 19 states, only 15 left, 19 states that have passed the exact same aggregable application for a convention. This is super legit. It is very exciting that we are well over halfway. I think we're going to be over 20 this year, this legislative season alone. And boy, there is so much to do. So we're so close to that threshold of 34 states. South Carolina is the fourth state 
2022 to pass our application and to join the movement. So here's our question for the day. There's four states passed. We're celebrating right now South Carolina. What were the other three? What were the other three states that passed this year? And if you stay tuned till after our special guest, I'll give you the answer. And maybe you're the one that won that cool shirt. I'll be right back. Joining us today on the program, we have uh, Christopher Neely, who is the state director for Convention of State South Carolina. We also have Representative Bill Taylor, who is the lead sponsor in the South Carolina House of Representatives. Hi to both of you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Chris, I want to start with you first. Uh, South Carolina became the 19th state, the 19th legislature to pass the COS resolution. 19 states down. We need to get to 34 to call a convention. First and foremost, congratulations to you and the team. It was a huge win for you, for the team, for South Carolina. So you've been the state director for several years now. How did it feel to get the job done? Well, it, it felt like, you know, you hit a milestone. Um, obviously, you know, we're excited that the legislature's already passed and uh, we're looking forward, uh, hopefully, to the next uh, step with the um, governor's signature and uh, officially being uh, state number 19. And so that we can uh, all celebrate and as a team, we're kind of looking at doing that. It's just going to be a, a great time for us to kind of look back at, you know, four or five years of work. It's going to be uh, us looking at, hey, you know, uh, what did we do that was really that good? What did we do that was, you know, so we, we had to learn along the way? What, what did we learn along the way? So it's, a, it's a, been a great process. Um, we're not going anywhere as far as we got a great grassroots team here in South Carolina. Uh, obviously the, the, the fight for freedom and Liberty, you know, never stops. You know, it, uh, I think our founding fathers understood that uh, when they said a more perfect union and not a perfect union. And so we're just, you know, right now kind of taking a little bit of breather, kind of uh, bringing it all in or, you know, looking at it all. And uh, it's just, but it really is exciting for it to finally be done or close to being done here in South Carolina. Hmm. Very good. Uh, Representative Taylor, Chris was just talking about looking back, you know, over three, four years, five years, the process of getting this done. I mean, you were at the beginning, though. Yeah. Uh, you were the first uh, you were the first to pre-file the Convention of States resolution. That was way back in 2013. Uh, since then, there have been several roadblocks, but you never gave up. You've stayed persistent and you've remained one of our most ardent and eloquent champions. Um, how does it feel after all of these years of hard work and just staying focused to get this job done? And can you tell us just the story of why you decided to support our Article 5 application? Well, I can answer the one word uh, with one word about the, the campaign. It was perseverance. But if you ask how I'm today, <laughs> exhausted. <No. laughs> as, as are all the grassroots. But now listen here. Before I, Andrew, I've been on this program before. Thank you for asking me again. But I, I want you to note now, it's this side over here. See, that, yeah. that, if you don't know now, that's the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. And uh, for those of you who are unaware, uh, this was the headline in the paper today. Uh, uh, forever to thee, and it is. Hold on, I got to get it up here now. A little, look, this is a little hometowns. Uh, NCAA national champions last night, women's basketball. How about that? That's front page news in South Carolina. Uh, and uh, 
the entire state, maybe even some Clemson Tigers were, uh, were watching last night. Who knows? Great rivalry between those. But I think we need to celebrate um, women's sports and um, uh, what they accomplished. That's their second national championship in, I believe, five years. So um, a marvelous accomplishment. So that's why I have my Gamecock shirt on today. So now back to your question. Thank you for allowing me that piece of uh, Palmetto State news. If you didn't know about it, now you do. Go back and watch it. Uh, ESPN has uh, it was on four channels last night. Um, I, I filed the, uh, the interesting story in that a, a constituent um, sent me Mark Levin's book back in the summer of 2013. I read the book. I said, wow, this just makes great sense. Um, and uh, I went to the Mount Vernon Assembly uh, in early December, I believe it was, of 2013. A bunch of us from various states met in, at Mount Vernon. And uh, out of that, I, we came back to South Carolina. We could pre-file a bill for the next legislative session. So I did it in December of 2013. And um, uh, that bill took a long time. And of course, we're in two-year sessions, so I had to keep refiling it. But we had many hearings. I mean, in 2014, 2015, almost every year we had a series of hearings in the House. And um, I got stifled because there were, uh, and the, the legislation got stifled because there were, there were some legislators, particularly in control of the Judiciary Committee, who were opposed to it. And uh, so I would get hearings, but they all seemed to time out. But Mike Ferris was here uh, a number of times, wonderful, great Mike Ferris, who uh, uh, championed this in the earliest days. Uh, Mark Meckler has been here repeatedly. Thank him for all that he has done. Um, but, you know, sometimes um, in the legislative process, it's very frustrating for those who are outside of it and watch it, but um, it can be very slow, very tedious. Um, there's little traps along the way. If someone doesn't like something and they're a committee chairman, there's a way to, you know, uh, subvert it. So uh, that happened along the way. Uh, fortunately, this particular legislative session, the one of... Uh, 21 and 22, uh, Speaker Jay Lucas joined on as the secondary second sponsor behind me as the primary sponsor. Uh, that's awfully a good signal to all the rest of the uh, members. So we had a lot of sponsors. I, Chris could maybe remember how many now I've forgotten, but you know, in excess of 50 some, 55 maybe uh, primary sponsors. So that was a significant move and, and he really helped get this moved he helped uh, navigate this so pumps up to um, our speaker of the house who's retiring this year but uh, he jay lucas did a marvelous job of helping to uh, orchestrate this look this is a huge team effort and uh, yeah i was the primary sponsor yeah i thank you for saying i was eloquent i'm not so sure about that but um you know i just keep speaking about it and i did over the years did many talk shows nationally and uh, in South Carolina and always on the news about this because it has to be kept in the forefront. You have to market things. Um, uh, but the, the real success of this was the grassroots. And I'm mm. happy to give you a chapter and verse about Chris Neely and Sam McDonald and all the other people here that really, really did make this happen. Mm. 
Uh, this next question I have is, is going to be for both of you. Um, I'll kick it back to you first, Representative Taylor, um, just because you were talking about the amazing support that you had in the, in the legislature, the many uh, sponsors that signed on this year. And um, you talked about the grassroots and how the gra this is driven by the grassroots. And speaking of support, our resolution is supported by a plurality of Americans. We have seen that despite all of the division we are seeing right now in the country, whether that's you know real tangible division or it's just uh, kind of pushed by the media, there seems to be Americans that don't disagree on very much or don't agree on very much. But we've found that Americans agree the federal government has gone way outside the bounds of its original authority. And they also agree when asked that a convention of states is necessary. In fact, like two thirds of voters across both party lines agree that we should rein in the federal government through amendments. So despite all of this disagreement, there seems to be agreement around this. Representative Taylor, why do you think Americans agree that we need to rein in Congress? Because you only need to look to Washington and see it daily. Uh, even mm -hmm. if the, the, the lame brain national media gives them cover for most everything, um, Simply put, I mean, people are smarter than that. Uh, people have common sense. Um, I always say folks, folks may not be, you know, highly educated, but they're smart. They, intuitively, they know uh, what's wrong. They can see what's wrong. I mean, they wouldn't live their lives like and spend money like the federal government does. They print money and spend it, you know, with abandon. So everyone sees the problems. Um, I have argued time and again, this is the only lawful way to rein in the federal government. Um, you know, and I hear from people that say, ah, get my guns. They don't come, you know, <laughs> said, whoa, that didn't work out too well last time for South Carolina. So, you know, maybe we ought to try the lawful way, which is the founders gave us. They, they gave us the ripcord, the parachute to say, when it's that bad, use this, touch this, Article 5. Um, so, I mean, that's the answer to all of this. And look, it's catching fire. I mean, I filed it in 2013 when uh, Barack Obama was president. Uh, got some traction, of course, from Republicans, but it kind of went dormant during Donald Trump. And I always have said, this is not a red and blue issue. This is a red, white, and blue issue. So uh, this is an American issue. This is the biggest issue here. This is not about... Um, uh, well, this is about federalism. And, and really, I always talk about federalism because it's important. The states are the parent, not the child. The states created the federal government. The states then create all the subdivisions underneath them, the counties, the cities, the towns. So the founders wanted to see the states as the hub of everything and the federal government to do some very limited things. Well, the Constitution's all about limiting the federal government, not limiting, not mm. uh, giving limits to you and to me and everybody else. So, uh, you know, that argument is, is pretty good. And people are figuring that out. I mean, it's just, mm. look, I mean, they've done so many entitlements that people, you know, people like this. I, obviously, they don't want to lose Medicare. They don't want to lose Social Security. and uh, But they're going to lose it. Mm -hmm. just, they're going to lose it. Uh, you know, what do you say to people who say, Excuse me, it's it's not affordable. It's going to go away and it's going to go crash and boom. Now, would you rather have it be orchestrated carefully and and controlled and have a path forward to get it done, uh, to get it done right, to save it? 
Uh, I think that's a better path. So, uh, look, the federal government's never, the people in power, they're never going to cut themselves back. Why would they? Um, right. they've, they've gone outside their boundaries so far that we, we, we can't even comprehend. And the courts have been uh, uh, complicit in all of that. So, you know, they, the, 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 the Constitution from the originalists and the founders has been rewritten by the courts. Uh, and we've got to fix it. This is it. Mm. And Chris, I want to pull you in on, in on this as well, just from your perspective, um, kind of working with the grassroots, working with uh, people in South Carolina. What's your perspective on why you think a plurality of Americans agree with calling an Article Five Convention of States to uh, limit Congress? Well, I think um, basically people come here and, or have, were born here and they understand one simple thing. And uh, that's the fact, well, two simple things. One is, uh, Bill's already alluded to, is Washington's never going to fix the problem because logistically they can't. Uh, it's so bad, so big of a problem, so uh, intertwined, and Washington's in the middle of it. Uh, they've caused part, mo a lot of the problem because of the ever-growing bureaucracy that has um, exponentially grown since the early 1900s with the progressive movement and uh, all through the... Um, uh, you know, 1930s with what we have with the New Deal. And, uh, you know, a lot of people may or may not understand all that history, but they see that it's getting worse and worse. But I would say the other reason would be people that I'm born and raised here in South Carolina. And I mean, believe it, I mean, believe, you probably see this, uh, Bill, you, you haven't always lived here in South Carolina, but, um, you know, I would, I would assume you would agree as well. People across this country are different uh, from state to state. And that's a good thing. I think, uh, we, you know, we talk about how you know, pr we're proud of the fact that we've got a, a great uh, group of people uh, that come from different backgrounds, uh, and we pride ourselves in that. And that's good. That's a good thing. Uh, it also creates different communities, creates different states that have different feels to them, and that's also a good thing. And it also means that we're not always going to agree on the same thing, and that's okay. We don't have to if we do restore a true sense of federalism to our country. Uh, and our founders understood this. There was, uh, and they they knew that if we had a central government that tried to make everybody the same and force everybody to do the same thing, and they had the, all the power, that we would tear ourselves apart. It wouldn't work. They took certain enumerated powers given to them. The federal government was given certain enumerated powers. They didn't take it. That was given to them by the states, as Bill alluded to, to function as a as a core central government because it, those were certain tasks that they could do the best because, you know, maybe um, protection of, maybe by raising an army. Uh, the first would have been the Navy um, uh, that was pretty important at the time for trade. Uh, the other would be um, taxes uh, if needed to uh, pay for certain uh, uh, army, uh, raised army. Also would be um, trade, uh, you know, interstate commerce, uh, also um, treaties. You know, these are obvious things that the central government do better, but over the years, again, it's gotten bigger and bigger and it's just gotten out of whack. And so we would prefer, you know, to return. I think most of those people would prefer to have a lot of those decisions be done at home by people in their state legislature, in their local communities and counties. Uh, I would say return to a sense of self-governance. Uh, and I'm sure Mark Meckler's, you know, talks about it all the time, but, you know, uh, self-governance. And I think one of the biggest reasons I've seen since being in part of, a part of politics now over the past six years is because I can call my representative who 
lives because I'm in Lexington, which is a suburb. So we got a fairly heavily populated area outside of Columbia, South Carolina, our capital. I can call my, my representative, Chris. I can say, matter of fact, I'll just text him. And I, and I got his cell phone number, by the way, before I was ever state director. Uh, uh, and I say, hey, Chris, um, hey, I need your help. I got this issue, or I can just probably see him in a meeting once or twice a month if I want to go to meetings, uh, whatever it might be, community meetings or something going on, or I can go down to the state house. You can't do that with Washington representatives. No offense mm. to, you know, your your local house rep or, or, or sorry, you know, um, con- your local congressman who is no, not really local or your senator. Uh, that's even harder to, to get to them. And it's not to any, not to try to uh, knock on them any, it's just that that's the way it works. There, a lot of times they're in Washington, D.C. And uh, I'm, I'm, if, I, if I'm like most people, we don't want to, have to go to Washington, D.C. Uh, for one thing, it's a long mm-hmm. way away for most of most, most Americans, but also you just don't want to have to do that. You'd rather talk to people in your local community, which is why we believe, and many people, I think, believe that uh, a system of more self-governance would be better, more decisions made closer to home. Mm, Got to agree with you on that one. So if you're just tuning in right now, we are speaking with South Carolina Representative Bill Taylor, and we also have COS South Carolina State Director Christopher Neely. Uh, Chris, I want to ask you a kind of follow up with one more question. You were talking about uh, restoring self-governance in America. That was kind of like the the theme that you were just outlining there. Um, Right now, we are well over halfway to calling the first ever Convention of States and finally getting some common sense amendments. Um, what do you hope comes out of a convention and how do you think South, uh, South Carolinians will benefit and how do you think Americans generally will benefit? Uh, Chris, over to you first and then uh, Representative Taylor, if you can follow up after him. Well, I'm sure Bill will probably agree. The low-hanging fruit is going to get knocked off first, you know, and, and it's not like all amendments have to come out the same day. So they'll knock a few of them off. I'm assuming term limits will be on the top of the list, some type of uh, uh, fiscal restraints. And then, you know, obviously I'm kind of like uh, – Oh, Glenn Beck, I would like to see something done with Commerce Clause, kind of re-clarify that, which would knock a lot of the bureaucracy out of Washington, um, you know, get some clarification on those court, you know, court cases and then actually just say, hey, you know, this is the amendment that says this is where your limits of power under the Commerce Clause are. There's a lot of things to probably discuss there and then probably too much for us to go get into here. But um, I see that being the low hanging fruit. Um, the number one thing, to be honest with you, is kind of selfish that I want to see come out of it is. When the convention doesn't blow up the first day and we don't get our uh, constitution tore up and threw on throughout, I'm going to, you know, at least get on uh, Facebook or something or get on somewhere and say, Hey, uh, Mr. So-and-so from so-and-so group. Um, we're still alive. Place hasn't burned up yet. Where's all that, uh, you know, but anyway, you know, I, that's one of those things I want to get out of it. And I'm sure Bill would be happy to do that as well. <laughs> I, I, I think the, uh, Chris, that was very good. I think, uh, um, the, the, the first uh, amendment I'd like to see just simply says, hey, federal government, get the hell out of our business. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> get the hell out of our business. Chris was right. There are uh, there's 50 states um, or 57 if you're listening to President Obama. But there's 50 states and each one of them is different and unique and it has its own culture and all of that. And our founders love that part. Because Virginia was far different from South Carolina or, you know, from New York State. Uh, and, and there's great pride in those states. And they really worked to protect them. And the federal government was supposed to be over there and, you know, keep us safe, basically. So uh, I had the privilege of 
participating in the first ever simulation of an Article 5 Convention of States that was put on by your organization uh, in Williamsburg, Virginia. And uh, it was a marvelous experience. It was only, what, two or three days long. But I will tell you that the legislators that were there and other citizens that were delegates from the states, um, they took the business very seriously. And well, by the way, we didn't rip up the constitution. <laughs> we followed the protocol that you would follow. Uh, we broke off into committee groups that were uh, you know, just like you would in the legislature. This group is studying this area and then this area. Um, it was very serious business. And even those big committees broke into much smaller subcommittees. We came back, we were on a time press, but we really did uh, work the words and get them right. And, and as you know, on the, uh, con, uh, on, the on your uh, website, the Convention of States project, uh, uh, you have the information on that simulation and the, I think it was seven amendments that we came up with in a few short days, very sensible amendments. Um, mm -hmm. uh, none of this, is, and it won't be quite as easy when you have 50 states there and people who are probably not is attuned to doing this and you know they came reluctantly because you know 34 states said hey we got this you're welcome to come on and play you can play with us come on in um and so but you'll be have very serious minded people there are people that say oh there's no such thing as the founders anymore we're all crazy politicians baloney there are very serious minded public servants and frankly that's who we will choose um Gosh, I'd hope to be one of those if it was in the next few years um, um, while I'm still able and capable of, of doing all of that. But I know, and, and, and when I hear some attorneys that are legislators object to this, I'll say, you need to be there. You need to be a delegate. Um, you're a serious-minded person and you want to fix this government, and this would be your opportunity. And I, I, I do not worry about a runaway convention as the naysayers say, I, that's all they got is just, it's gonna run away, oh, I'm so scared. Well, I'm scared of a runaway Congress and a mm -hmm. runaway federal government because that's today. That's not happening imaginary down the road, that's today and we all see that. So let's do something about it. I, I do want to, when we get to the chance, I wanna talk about the folks that are listening today, uh, many of them are in the grassroots. I want to talk about the grassroots from a legislator's perspective. I was just about to ask ah. you about that. <laughs> so that's impeccable timing. I was just going to comment about the uh, South Carolina team being the team of the year in 2020. Um, they were able to secure amazing endorsements from uh, the Libertarian Republican Party, uh, amongst many uh, congressional endorsements as well, like Representative Jeff Duncan. Uh, there's a slew of endorsements they received for the hard work that they put in. Um, can you just tell us how important the South Carolina volunteers are to this process? They're a heck of a lot more important than the legislators, even though the legislators have the vote. Um, because without the grassroots, without the activists uh, going about their business the right way, uh, this all wouldn't have happened. It really wouldn't have. Uh, I will tell you that... Um, an insider, I won't name him by name because he's fairly well known in South Carolina, but someone who's been very active in political affairs inside the government for a lot of years, decades, said this is the, he told me recently, he said, wow, these people are amazing. He said, this is the best grassroots organization he's ever seen in South Carolina. 
ever. And that's from a real pro um, who's not part of us. Um, I, I thought that was a great compliment from an observer of probably three decades. Uh, he said, this is, they are, they are magnificent. And it's, and it's their technique. Um, you know, anger doesn't get you anything. It's not a strategy. So to be angry at people and to get in the face of a legislator and demand he do his constitutional job, nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. It, it, if you go to a store and encounter a manager who gives you that, that feel and, 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 you know, you just want to shrink away from it and go away and stuff or get mad yourself. So that doesn't work. This group um, wasn't always this way, but they formed themselves and took a turn to be, I want to say friends with, but to be allies of the legislators and to talk rationally to them and respectfully to them. And I mean, our the folks that voted for this love the Convention of States people. Um, I really do. I mean, because they're just good people. They're smart people. They work hard. Um, they don't lose their temper. Um, yeah, that's a real important part of all of this. And you, they see your perseverance and your seriousness. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just, it's just help make it happen. It's an amazing group. I'm, uh, as Chris can tell you, uh, Sam McDonald is the legislative liaison. I'm on the phone with him. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Only, I said, there's only one text message today. Uh, but but normally it's text messages and phone calls, and that's okay, because that's fast and responsive, and I need to get information from him that he knows, because he knows stuff I don't know, and then I can use it on the inside to uh, go talk to somebody or whatever. So uh, the grassroots is what won this. It won mm. me. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm the key legislator that was pushing it, and um, I'll get some pats on the back from my colleagues and stuff, but these guys, Chris Neely and the whole gang, thousands of them. I mean, I have thousands of petitions in my house district. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, we're, it's amazing what they've been able to accomplish. So, uh, you know, can't do it by just being angry and talking, demanding your legislators do the right thing because you're just frustrated with them. Well, I'm frustrated with them too <laughs> at times. And you just have to get over that and be an adult and work it. Angle this way and angle this way and figure it out. What's their hot button and move it. Uh, I found with a few of my colleagues right on the vote uh, where we were about to take the House vote last May. Whew, that was a day. Um, one of them said to me, uh, who was extremely to the right, uh, extremely to the right, um, said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go up there and go light on you. He had to go up and give a little speech. Um, and then I said to him, I said, you know, you worry about the runaway convention because that's really their only argument. And I said, there's, uh, it's, it's 38 states that have to um, ratify any proposed amendment that would be sent to them. 38 states. That's 76 separate legislative bodies. Heck, we can't hardly get an agreement between the House and the Senate in South Carolina on stuff, let alone you're asking for 76 separate legislative bodies. And he looked at me and he said, hey, that's, that's the best argument I've ever heard.
So I offer that argument because if that lawyer and that guy who was opposed to us heard that and said, yeah, that's big. I went, it is. Mm. It was good math. Good. The math is on the side of sanity. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, by the way, of, of about eight people in the, our legislature, in our house, who are adamantly opposed to it uh, on the Republican side, we got so good at what we were doing with the grassroots and the arguments we had, four of them abstained. They didn't vote. Mm on the house vote. Think of that. Half of them went, I'm, I'm, I'm standing down. I'm there. I'm ready to push back. One of them said to me, if you need my yes vote, if it's that close, I'll hit yes. Otherwise I'll just back out. So I thought that was pretty instructive that we even won many of the hardcore people over at the last, mm. but we did it the right way. It shows you the merits of, uh, of article five and that there is no fear. And that, like you said, the math is in, is in favor of sanity. Yeah, keep so using I, that. I, I tell the grassroots that. that's listening to this, use that 76 number, 76 mm -hmm. separate legislative bodies. And you go like, wow. And you got to, all of them have to agree. Wow. Exactly. That's powerful. All right. I only got a few more minutes for with both of you. I got one more question um, for each of you. Um, uh, Chris, a few moments ago, Representative Taylor was talking about how South Carolina has such an impressive team how the grassroots in South Carolina is just outstanding and just knocked the socks off of many of the legis uh, legislators in South Carolina. So with 19 or 15 states left to go till we get to a convention, what of those 15 states, what can those states learn from South Carolina? How can they replicate what you guys did and what your team did? Well, the first thing I would say is what Re Representative Taylor has already mentioned. Do it the right way. If you do it the right way and you believe in the, in the cause, you will give honor to the cause and the people that have already gone before you and treat each interaction as if you're representing the rest of us. You're representing people that you don't even know that have been sacrificing for the past how many ever years. And then also people and patriots that have sacrificed for over hundreds of years for South, for the, this country. And if you think about it that way before you go into every meeting, I'm not just here representing myself. Along the same lines, I would say, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the cause. And um, remember that when the times get hard, remember that when things don't go right, when you're tired, when you're aggravated, when you're frustrated, when you're down, when you're about ready just to quit, just remember, it's not about me. It's about the cause. It's about this country. It's about the freedoms and liberties that we're trying to fight for peaceably. Do the right thing. Because if we don't do it now, we may end up one day like those suffering over there in Ukraine, where we are no longer able to protect our own country and the people that we love. And they will be suffering more, much more than we are now. So just remember who you're representing and what the, what the uh, cost is if we fail. Mm. Wise words. Uh, Representative Taylor, last time we had you on here, I asked you a question. I said, do you think South Carolina is gonna be the state, uh, the 16th state that passes the resolution? <laughs> and you prophetically said, 
No, I don't think it's going to be the 16th state. I think Wisconsin, Nebraska, you listed a bunch of other states that are going to pass before South Carolina. And, well, lo and behold, you were correct. Well, I was, yeah, so, I was correct. <laughs> they, were, they were faster than we Listen, I, yeah. I, it, it's, uh, you, I tell folks you cannot predict the legislative process. I mean, I get asked all the time, whether it be from Chris or Sam McDonald, you know, well, so what's going to happen? I go like, <laughs> you got me. I mean, you know, because you, you, you just don't know from day to day what's going to happen. Chris, I thought you were very good uh, with, with your advice to if the grassroots folks are listening here today. Um, I do think you have to do it the right way. You are representing uh, uh, everybody that's kind of gone before you and correctly for decades that have gone before you and those patriots. But I would have, offer a, a technique that, that you, you might want to employ. Ask questions. Try not to lecture a legislator about this. Say, fi- figure out your questions that you like. Say, how do you think the federal government's doing? Uh-huh. You, you, you think they're spending too much money? How are we going to stop them from doing that? Do you think some of them have been in office way too long? You know, and you start going with questions to find those levels of agreement. And then you say, well, what are we going to do about it? Well, what, what is it? Get a conversation going and get them engaged. Otherwise, it's kind of a one way where you're coming at them. And get them engaged. How do you how do you want to fix this? And honestly, listen to them. Don't, be, don't use it as a trap to get them. And say, well, how can we do that? How can we rein them in? What, what this? How's the, you know, what do you see there? What would you like to see to the legislator? Get them engaged in the process and say, I don't know any other way to do this, but through Article Five, you know, so forth and so on. Because that's that's a, just a technique. I was a longtime media consultant, critic, um, still am a critic, but you know, if you, you as a consultant use the questioning technique a lot ask them questions get them engaged funny thing will happen you'll have a real conversation and you might win them over Mm. excellent advice from both of you uh thank you for joining us today and congratulations on getting the job done in south carolina Um, it's just amazing to see the hard work that that you and the team has poured into this it's obvious that you both have poured your heart into this cause. So we at Convention of States, we thank you. The grassroots thanks you. And um, can't wait to see, uh, get to a convention. And then, uh, Representative Taylor, I hope that you will be a delegate. At the convention. <laughs> I, I'm not sure my colleagues want to send me anymore. But by the way, we have one more step here. We're the only state so far that has to have the governor sign it. It's in our state. Um, constitution that all joint resolutions have to be signed by the governor. So tomorrow on Tuesday, we will ratify um, 3205. It will be, you know, uh, and then we send it to the governor. Literally, it's a process where people sign the signal on the front cover of the bill, and then it goes to the governor's office. So that hopefully happens tomorrow. And uh, hopefully uh, Governor McMaster will uh, Sign that off. We can send it to Washington. Mm. Can't wait for that. Me we too. hope and pray that he will. Thank you, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. Now we're going to transition to the Article 5 trivia giveaway with CUS Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. Mike, over to you.
such a great show. Thanks so much for bringing me back on. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people that are wondering, well, was it me? Was it me? And I know so many of you have typed the right answer in the comments so you could win and see who is going to get this Convention of States large polo shirt. I'm wearing a polo shirt. We're going to have these in almost no time. This is the final uh, mock-up, the test piece. It's great. I'm enjoying it. And as soon as they get in the store, we'll let you know. But for now, we'll answer our trivia question. Last week, of course, South Carolina was number 19 of the United States to pass the Convention of States Article 5 application that we have been working diligently on since 2014 or 2013. We started passing them in 2014. And uh, the question is, what are the other three states this year that have passed? And the answer, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and West Virginia comes alongside South Carolina to make four states in about, what was it, uh, nine weeks that have passed. It's been one heck of a busy and productive legislative season this year. I don't think we're done yet. I'll tell you that. So there's our answer. Congratulations if you're the one who won the prize. And either case, I will see you next week. And again, if you didn't win, go to shopconventionofstates.com and you can pick anything you want from the store. We got lots of stuff out there. Glad to be here. Have a great week. Thanks, Mike. We do this show every week because like you, we love America. What we don't love is what's being done to her by the swamp monsters in Washington. We, we see every day what is happening with the federal government. We see how Congress has ran away. But the Founding Fathers, in their infinite wisdom, they knew we might be in a situation as dire as this. They knew that we might see runaway inflation, runaway Congress, a runaway federal government. They knew we might be spending way more than we, than we could spend. They, they knew that we'd be in massive debt, debt. They knew problems like this might come up. And so they put in provisions in the Constitution in case the federal government failed to act. In Article 5 of the Constitution, we have a fail-safe mechanism there. It allows the states to get together to call a convention to amend the Constitution. We are taking the fight to we the people, where we have a fighting chance. We the people can call for a convention to put limitations on Congress. But we can't do this without you. We need you in the fight for liberty. We need you off the sidelines and in the front line. Go to www.conventionofstates.com. Go to our Take Action page. There you're going to see all the volunteer positions that we have available. We'll use your skills, and we will direct you towards calling the very first Article 5 Convention of States. And we're going to limit the size, the scope, and the jurisdiction of the federal government. All right, after you have gone to the Take Action page, make sure that you are also following us on all of our social media platforms where we're, where we're at. We are on Rumble, MeWe, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, Instagram, Getter, and you can also find us on TikTok. You can listen to this program and other historic legacy content by searching Convention of States wherever you podcast from. If you want to stay in the know with important COS messages and updates, you can text START to 545-555. Again, that's START to 545-555. Check out The Battle Cry with COS uh, co-founder and president Mark Meckler. It's on every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. 
We'll see you next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for another edition of COS Live. But remember, politics is not just a spectator sport. If you really want to win, if you want to save the nation, you gotta get involved. You gotta get on the front lines. The country needs you. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.